Did you do a language in school? Yeah. Um, French, but I didn't sit GCSE. In fact, I didn't go in for it because I scored so poorly in my mock. You just didn't bother? No, the teacher was like, she was a bit like, and to be fair, I regret it. I actually... Well, that was my next question because I did French, didn't enjoy it, switched to Spanish like you didn't. I don't think I turned up for the oral exam, you know, because I knew... But I regret it now. That's like, we could be like speaking in like three languages now if we just got our heads like, down. Yeah, and do you know what's really weird? I did French for the five years and Spanish for a year. And it's amazing how many words I do recall in French. Like, I can literally name those things. What I lack is the ability to put it in a conversation. And it's not just like, it's like nouns and verbs and that. Yeah. But I struggle with that in English anyway. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Is, it, is that not just because of the scene with um, Troy and Arbed doing the Biblioteca? Oh, <laughs> is it just from that? It's. <laughs> I, I just I just think we'd, I'd love to be able to be competent in language. Yeah. Same. And I love it. The few times I've been to France, I can go to a shop and ask for something. And I made it up myself because I got a job with us for one croissant. <laughs> Whereas I'm one of them not annoyed when they don't speak English. <laughs> I'm like, oh, but the French are boss because, like, if you try, they're like, they're not even asked. They're like, in fact, they're insulted that you butcher their language. Whereas anywhere <laughs> else you go, just saying hola in Spanish, like, yeah. hola. Like in maiden effort. Yeah, it's like, that's, that's the only way, uno biro. <laughs> but in French if you get it wrong they're just like Ugh. and I'm like I respect that yeah don't, don't come back to our country and even try because you're getting it wrong yeah, yeah. <laughs> hello and welcome to watch it if you can my name is Dave. My name is Liam. This podcast is all about box sets we've created of our favourite films and TV shows. Some you've seen, some you won't, and others you may never want to watch. However, we can say if you've never seen any of the Fast and Furious movies, it's okay, we'll still let you be part of our family. All we want to do is chat on about these films and TV shows that we love so dearly, and maybe, just maybe, you should watch it if you can. Dave, you alright? I'm alright, how are you? I'm good, yeah. Um, I'm in the host chair this week. You are. Um, first question then, what is it? What have you picked? This week is the 2002 Brazilian masterpiece. And I don't use that word lightly. That is City of God. Brazilians. Brazilian. <laughs> or I'm going to go uh, the Brazilian Portuguese pronunciation of it, Cidada de Deus. Well done. That was pretty good for you. Like, actually, could yeah, yeah. sound nothing like that. It, it, <laughs> like, Pani has read, I was, I was on a website and it's completely every, so that, see the word Cidada, city, there's there's about five or six variations of, and it's accents, they all do it slightly different right. as well. So it's obviously, you know, we know more than anyone about accents. So, but it, you don't think about that of other, la- other yeah, languages our, as much. Yeah, our country's just absolutely full of them, isn't it? Like yeah. Say. Um, 
different pronunciations of city. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have even known, so I'd have got it completely wrong. Um, what I do like is, and I forgot all about it, the tagline for the movie. Ooh, Can you remember? No. So the tagline is: If you run, the beast catches you. If you stay, the beast eats you. And it's so perfect. You know it? what? It will wait till I come back to the favorite scenes. I'll and come back line. to that. I'll come back to that. Um, just a quick overview. It follows a group of kids as they attempt attempt to grow up in the favelas of Rio de Janeiro. Um, the first film we've had on Watch It If You Can that's foreign. And first sub- foreign language film. And yeah. subtitles. So it's, it's a bit of first, our first animation last week. Yeah. Um, and... I mean, trying to bring, make a bit of a link between, because we, 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 we've done, accidentally it's happened on this box set. There's been links to the, all the rest of the box set. Um, so I had a crack at this, and I'm really proud of this. But is, it a, is it a stretch? No. Oh, no, go on, it's then, not even a stretch. Okay. For the start, none of the cast have been in Cheers. So I'm just That's a first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's the link between the whole of the box set so far. Leandro Firmino, who plays Lil Z, Who's the, who's the main gangster in it. He was in a film in 2014 called Trash alongside Martin Sheen. Okay. Okay. In 1995, Martin Sheen was the film, Martin Sheen was in the film The American President, which starred John Mahoney and uh, Richard Dreyfus. And guess who directed a it? Double not about buying a film. Yes. It? Yeah. It was, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And I'm like, and not only that. Because we've already mentioned the links back to Young Guns and Box Set One. Mm. Who's Martin Sheen's kid? I know, Charlie Sheen. And, and Amelia Estevez, sorry. But I was like, I was quite impressed with that one. But I've somehow managed, so we haven't looked at each other's notes because we don't, no, do we? No. I bring up Bob Viner later. Oh. And I totally do. I totally, and it's nothing to do with our box sets, so just bring him up. But I just That's feel strange. like when I found that link on... So it's all six degrees of John Mahoney, isn't it? Yeah, Everything it is. Comes back Everything's to John, Mahoney. John Mahoney in this box set, so maybe we retitle a box set the John Mahoney box set. <laughs> the tribute box set, The yeah. tribute box set, yeah. Um, Which so, I can't think of worse names to call our box set. Um, so why is it on the list this week? Oh, it's a gangster film. Above all else, God, I love a gangster film. It is just... But it's a gangster film, but it spans multi-decades. It goes from the 60s, 70s, through to the 80s. And it's got that amazing interwining, multi-character, non-linear story, which gangster films do so well. You know, with all these characters and stories weaving yeah. and out and it spreads. Um, and it's just, it's just got loads of like little. I've got down here filmic flourishes. <laughs> I just like I like the words, and um, it's got things like freeze frames and jump cuts, and and on top of that. It's got a soundtrack, so sweaty it's sexy. It's like that's that's you know what I mean. Is like they are what not to yeah. like about this film. Um, but as well, a couple of other points is it's the only film I've ever put on and watched again within the same week. First time I watched it, I literally put it back on again a few days later. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's an element obviously with the subtitles. You feel like. You're concentrating a little bit more, and you don't maybe you, missing out on somebody else. Yeah, so you went back. So, but I do remember because I do vividly remember down on the time, put it on. I was like, "Whoa, 
literally I think about three or four days later put it back on and watched it again because a few of us watched it yeah. and then I sat back and watched it on my own a few days later and I was just like oh god see, that's bath see I was probably the opposite because I watched it at the time it came out absolutely loved it but it gives me knots in my stomach yes it's such a like especially when you know what yeah. what's going to happen and there's you know the scenes in it that are like hard to watch aren't yeah, they? yeah yeah and I generally haven't watched it again until you said it was going to be on the list, and then I watched it even night and thought it is absolutely like it's it's amazing. It, like I used the word masterpiece. I just forgot uh, how good it was. Yeah, it's it's just it just it just sucks you in, and and as well, I always love when cinema gives you a story or a take on things you just wouldn't otherwise get. Mm. Like this insight into the favelas of Rio de Janeiro, we wouldn't normally get, and it's just. That that take on things and to go in and see it and feel it and and taste it because it's it, you're in there, aren't you? Like that's where the knots come from. Yeah, <laughs> and almost like you can see. And I was reading them. Um, found a post. Um, some guy had done because you it, apparently the the use in A level film studies quite a lot. And I was on reading on surfing the Google Net, whatever you want to call it. Um, and Ken, fact, Kenny's shaking his head. Here now. <laughs> he's like, "Oh my god, surfing the Google old man." <laughs> I, was, I was surfing the Google net, um, and I found this 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 amazing A level revision site, and it just had this mounded list of notes, and like some of them were like, oh, "I don't even understand what he's saying there, Jimmy." But mm. it was like, it was such a a lovely thing to go back and have a look. The the, the bit for me. And what I, I totally forgot about is how much happens in a two-hour film. Yes. Because that that could have been like a that could have been a series, couldn't it? Oh, you could have had that. You could have had a ten-part series with following all those characters, but they managed. It feels like they've squeezed the ten-part series into a two-hour movie. It's it most definitely there's there's I think there's I think they said there's about four or five six main actors and a supporting cast of about thirteen, and they're all. They all have a part to yeah, play. Yeah, remember them all as well. Yeah, don't, they're, yeah. they're all quite integral into mm. the movement of the story, and it spans generations as well. But I think I'm just going back to the point. I said I love seeing seeing films and being like like cinema just has this ability to tell stories that you don't otherwise see. But at the same time, seeing the similarities, like we come from in English terms, quite working class backgrounds we, we we you know i can remember being quite poor as a kid you know what i mean like and, and that like that, that you can feel it you can sort of i reckon we can identify a lot of what goes on the, the you know the not not as much in a film i know i know where you're coming from it's, it's, like we it's can, not it's, it's not, not to that, that level where no. we were, we're going hungry and we, mm. we, we we tend to come but we've seen certainly seen Gangs and trouble yes. and, and things like that. That is, and you can see up, how we've had. We? We've seen friends go down certain paths. Yes, that, true. Like kids that we grew up with before we went to senior school were lovely kids. Then somehow just go off the rails. Like some of them are genuinely in prison. That's yeah, like, yeah, without are, a doubt. You know, you know what I mean? So it's like for all its amazing. It's the, it's the city element. Yes. Definitely, like living and, on top of each other and stuff. Because we, you know, we, a lot of people we probably knew at the time lived in flats. So I know yeah. you can't compare that to sort of the slums in Brazil and stuff. But it's that living on top of each other, isn't it? And and in one of the notes, I was I was I think that I lost train of thought before. But what I was getting about that revision note, the 
when I was reading it for the A-level film studies was how actually integral the favela is favela is it favela is almost a character mm-hmm. and that grows because when it starts in the 60s it's all it's just cleared land where the jungle was where they just built these little shacks and then it just got it just become built on built on built on and it was all deregulated buildings that people were just racking up and building there was no you know they didn't even get electricity and sewerage until recently. Like it was a big, it was a big thing. The well, so there's a scene, isn't it, where they're putting the pole up and they say we're getting electricity, yeah, and yeah. all the kids are excited, yeah. aren't they? And, but it's like it's just gone in a space of 20, 30 years. It went from the those open, open plan spaces where they were just like shacks, but they look quite, they're quite simple and basic. But yeah. that open space with the mountains and the jungle in the background, it's literally just this a mass of entries and. And back alleys and 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 just a maze, isn't it? Yeah, and it and it's almost the character itself. Yeah, I think mean, does play a part in it. Um, but yeah, it's a great film. So mostly unknowns in this, really. But is there anyone that we'd know? You know, who, who is in it? Couple, not not really. I think there's one which I'll come to. But I'll just go through some of the main players in it. Um, Alexandra Rodriguez plays Rocket. He's the sort of the film centres around him. He's the kid who's... He's the protagonist. Yeah, he? he's grown up and he, he wants... He sees a way of getting out because he's the photographer and it's sort of built around his story. And it's actually his his telling of the story. Um, but again, I've went on as... There's no... He's done Brazilian TV and films, but nothing, nothing that we'd know of. Um, Leandro Firmino, who played Little Z, oh, I just think is one of the most memorable characters in, in cinema in a long time not in the stomach again yeah he's just <laughs> awesome like I said he was in the film Trash with Martin Sheen and Rooney Mara uh, Rooney Mara who's also in the social network and a girl with dragon tattoo so I think that's probably the, the biggest thing we so could... so them them two um, in the the, the 10 year documentary they're both in it yeah and they talk about getting paid and I can't remember what the currency now is in in Brazil, I've totally forgotten the yeah. what it's called, but it was ten thousand. So what happened was with Rocket, he got offered either ten thousand or a cut of the profits, and obviously he took the money because you would, because you you know the, the yeah. poor weren't they? These weren't actors, were they? And um, and I looked at I looked at the what would be worth now, and it's only like fifteen hundred pounds. That's all they both got yeah. paid, but he could have took a cut of the profits. It's a bit like him. When you hear stories about the original Star Wars cast, when he, he turned down the cut of the yeah. merchandise and all that, George, like, George oh. took it, yeah. yeah. He took the lot, because yeah. no one never thought it did sell, but yeah. You, but they, they, I think them two were paid the most. They got about 10,000, yeah. which again works out 1,500, and everyone got paid about 5,000. So, you know, not a lot, no one was no yeah. one was paid big money to do this this movie. Well, I think like we, you've, you've, you've sort of touched on it before they weren't actors they were literally kids that grew up mm. in, in the area and um, they literally just picked them I'll come back because it's, it's I think they they met like something like 2,000 kids or yeah, something yeah. you know narrowed it down to that main core um, there are a couple of the other ones to pick out there's Felipe Hagans- Hagerson I think who plays Benny um, again don't really it, it feels terrible reeling off these these actors, but they, they are literally they were plucked from nowhere. So they, yeah, and they, some of them gone on to do Brazilian TV, but we don't really know much Brazilian TV. Um, one that I put on my list is actually, and I've seen the trailer for it because it's on Netflix. Um, Sao Jose, who plays Mané Ganale, or actually Knockout Ned. Yeah, 
he's in a Netflix series called Brotherhood. Actually, does look quite good. So there's two series of that. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. He's he's probably the biggest known before because he he's he's quite a big music star in Brazil as well. He's a huge music star. Yeah. They show clips of his concerts as well. Um, but he's in Life Aquatic. The, the Wes Anderson movie as well. Oh, okay. Um, he was he was casting that. He sent he sent basically they were looking for someone, and he sent like a casting video in and tried to do a bit of English and he's he's in that movie. Yeah. And the only other thing you can sort of like the the one that's had the biggest impact is the girl who played Angelica Alice Braga. It's probably got the smallest part in yeah, the movie yeah, compared yeah. to I'm, everyone else. Great parts, but not the yeah, biggest of parts. Um, does the TV series Queen of the South is really meant to be really good where she plays a wife of a Mexican gangster who has to relocate to Texas or something like oh, that. I haven't seen that. I, apparently it's a really good series. Obviously, I've seen the name pop up a few times and when we're doing research, I looked at it and thought, ah, oh, that may, I've heard of this. Apparently it's really good. But, um, may know, we've seen recently in Suicide Squad and Soul. She voiced one of the characters in Soul, the Pixar film. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. I know she's an I Am Legend and yeah. she was in Predators. Yeah. Not, not, the particularly good Predator movie. She is going to be in the new Robert Rodriguez movie with Ben Affleck, which is coming out this year. But she's a, she's 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 the standout star. She's a, she's gone on and had a career in Hollywood, big time. Um, the only I just it was interesting because you don't see often two directors of a film, and I was having a look and said Fernando Morales, he was the one who sort of brought the film and got it together. Um, he was more he took care of the filming and the cinematography and the lighting and and, and that whereas they brought on um, Katie Lund who's an American Brazilian family so she lived out there um, she basically set up workshops this is what we were saying before they went into the favelas and created workshops of all the kids and they built the actors and built the script on that apparently most of it was all just made up on the spot like there was no script yeah they literally said this is pretty much it and they just rehearsed it and then shot it because well, apparently the scene um where they're going to go off and sort of have the big sort of killing spree one of the it was one of the kids that said are we not going to pray before we go and the director was like what do you mean he was like because that's what we do so that's why it's in the yeah, movie where they sort of stop as well did, yeah no, um but they did city of men as well Yes, which was... Which a, Douglas Silver, who's Little Dice, is in as well. And I generally didn't know there was a City of Men. No, not until I did. So it's, it's, it's... Is it some of the same people? And is it, it, no, it's, to, it's totally none of the same characters. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a loose sort of sequel, but it's not yeah. the same characters. Um, but have you got a favourite character, then? Um, it's hard... And it's, it's the same question for favourite as well. Favourite's probably not the word. I thought the exact same it's thing. A, but it's I, tough. Lil Z, Lil Z is such a memorable cinematic baddie. He is, he's, he's fascinating. He's scary. He's complex. He's simple. You can see unpredictable. Unpredictable. He's on the edge. And then he, the counterpoint to him was Benny. Who was his, who's actually my favourite character? And oh, okay, I think Benny was such an important character in the film because and I'll come to it in a little bit in a minute when I do me the fav, my favourite scene is 
he's, he's the coolest character in the film by long shot. He's bossed the hair, the glasses. He stands out, you know what I mean? And when when he did the scene where he's, he's saying, I'm, I'm leaving, I'm going, yeah. and the, the, the voiceover by Rocket, it's like he literally got every other rival gang there, all the church people, all the, all the, all of the, dam, the samba dancers, all the karate, whatever, and everyone came together because he loved them. And yeah, he was a gangster, sold drugs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You can see how perspective of living in a small community because he was. But when he sends like the kids to go and buy him the clothes, yeah, because he does want to make himself. He doesn't want to live like that anymore, no, does no, he? He, and he, 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 is, he generally is the one that grows up, but sadly doesn't grow up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I think, and I just think they counteract each other. Mm. So because you see them as kids and they're inseparable and they grow up. And one without the other is... Yeah, little is bad enough, yeah. but once he gets killed, yeah, he's even more unpredictable. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, my, so it's weird what you've said then, because mine's the same character, but mine's Little Dice. Mine is Little Z when he was younger. Okay. Because it just... So it, Douglas Silver played him, apparently got Emmy nomina- nominated as well. A really good performance, yeah. And I, what I want to know is, like... And what the film obviously doesn't have time to go into, but what was his backstory? Yes. Because how do you get to be that way? He's he's overly confident. He, he's going to be the gang leader, but he's a killer at that age like that. Because it's so weird, because they do the, obviously, with, that's the first part of the film where it's set in the 60s, because yeah. it's, it's his older brother and his t- couple of friends, isn't it, I think? Yeah. And they, they robbed the, the hotel or whatever, the brothel. But then he goes in afterwards, kills everyone, and not the other, the other, and laughs and finds it like, oh, yeah. it's like. So they they rob the motel, don't they? And leave. Yeah. Then um, then it cuts to them all dead, and you're yeah. thinking, well, we didn't see them Could die. Just, yeah, yeah. It was, and obviously we get the this is the non-linear thing, isn't it? Where yeah. then goes back that scene where he walks in and that couple sat on the bed and he just shoots them. He laughs and walks it's, away. It's, it's and then we find we obviously know then he kills everyone else almost yeah. in the motel. So. Favorite horrible word I think for this question because he's such a horrible character. But yeah. I, I think those those two versions of that character are the two best. Oh, d- d- you know, if you want, if we say best characters in the film, it's them two. I think, I th- isn't it? it? I think the word's more intriguing than favorite. in yeah. something like this in it. Where he kills, uh, obviously, you know, we're gonna we always have spoilers in our episodes because we're talking about why we love the films and what we love about them. It, when he kills Rocket's brother as well, I know he, take, yeah, he steals yeah, the money yeah, from him, doesn't he? Yeah, goes yeah. to walk away because we know his brother died. So naturally as well, isn't yeah, it? It's yeah, just like yeah. I'm just killing. But this is another thing, um, a little similar link to Stand by Me. The, the, the brother and the friend, um, apparently in real life, they were told to bully him for about 15 days. Ah. So that's why in that scene, he's so that kid is so wound up because okay. they generally have been that's picking on him and stuff as well. Yeah, it's almost like. Oh yeah, whatever works for film, but then you think, oh, but it's like it's, it's me. <laughs> how 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 far do you go for your art? And they and and they're not actors, are they? So for no, that kid, exactly, it's just you yeah. know, he's not he's, he doesn't know what method acting is or anything. Yeah, definitely. Um, this one I think is going to be a tough one because so much happens. Um, have you got a favourite scene? I picked. I have. Um, I've got two. Honourable mentions, which I've decided from now on, I'm not going to call them honourable mentions, I'm going to call them the honourables. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going with it. I'm, I'm going to, so my honourables are, um, I think the opening scene, the opening sequence with the chicken is just 
if you want to see an example of a film in an introduction can basically give you every metaphor of what's in the film it's got like think about it you've got a chicken ready to be slayed so it's foreshadowing all the violence that's coming it's tied up it thinks it escapes only to be chased and it's like and at the same time you've got the the sharpening of the knife you've got the music coming in like the, the like and it's just on all the the, the way they filmed it was like really tight shots with that claustrophobic bits with the camera yeah. at, the, at the, the viewpoint of the chicken so that's low point and then it flips to the high point which are the kids running mm. after it and it all intertwines and then it opens up to where you you, you, you see Rocket and his friend and you, you turn out on the street and that scene where all the gang are lined up with the guns and, and it's just what a way to start the film and then boom, it flies right back to the sixties, and then yeah. you, and and the way comes back to that moment again later. I just think you're gripped, aren't you? Oh, by it's, it's, but it has got that like it, it's almost like a Hollywood spin. It like you see it in like Bad Boys with yes. that camera going around. And yeah, stuff. what that scene reminds me of. Well, have you seen Belfast? No. There's a scene with Jamie Dornan in one of the, the, the streets, and you've got the gangs, uh, not not the gangs, but the, obviously the, the people that live there. Um, and the police turning up, and it's a bit like that where he's in the middle, and it reminds you exactly of that scene. That's the Kenneth Branagh one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. That's I don't what... know whether they copied that or, or you know, I imagine in Belfast it's probably exactly what happened. Yeah. But it, it, it does seem like that that scene might like remade, but in Belfast. I just think that the introduction, and I was like. <laughs> Going back on about the A level revision, I was, I was just, <laughs> do you know what I was just, I was just loving it, and I used words, and I was, I was laughing before because I actually, I went to university and got a degree in media and culture, and I was like so weird, I'm coming back to revisit and stuff, and it was like it was going on about the perfect use of diegetic and non diegetic sounds, and I'm like, and I looked it up, and I was like, oh yeah, just basically when you overdub stuff, like so basically when you when it's at that opening scene, the sharpening of the knife. Is diegetic because it's happening at the yeah. moment, but where you hear the music come on and it builds up, it builds up, it builds up, it builds up. That's the non-diegetic, but it's edited. It's almost like a soundscape that's edited, and then the pictures are on top of that, and it just gives mm. you. You can taste, you can feel it, you can your heart go because yeah. and there's flashes to real. Real life scenes yeah. as well. Some yeah. of those death scenes apparently are real. Yeah, yeah. You think they're part of the movie, but actually real life. Oh, it's, flashes. it's that opening scene is just absolutely fantastic. But the the other the other scene I picked as well is, is Benny's death. I just think the way they did it because they're in a nightclub and it's his leaving. It's his leaving do, isn't it? And they were saying he purposely picked the name. Um, the song Kung Fu Fighting which is quite a cartoony song and he said it just was that difference between a Kung Fu Fighting toy song and against the backdrop of all this actual violence and he was saying yeah. it is slightly uneven because it's, while it's going on you've got the scene with little Z getting knocked up in the head so just undressed yeah like, and that's the know. start that's the prelude for all that and, yeah. and it's really you know because he's just you can see that but the murder scene of Benny, where I think it's Blackie, who was, was basically got bumped out of the, the apartment for selling the drugs, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. You can see, and the way it's in the crowded scene, and the strobe lights are on, and then it's like, you see it all. And he's not there for Benny. 
No, is he? No, and it's just the way they choreographed all the crowd, the music, the strobe lighting, and then the moment with Benny shot, and again, it's like, and then you just see little Z left there with him, and the strobe lights just flicking on and off, and it's, it's the last flickering of life, literally, of Benny, yeah. and also that's the moment we come back to. That's the moment little Z was gone because. Without Benny, no to stop him, was he? he was he was on his own, and then from then it just goes. Yeah, it just goes off, and he's he can't without Benny. He's got no. They were yin and yang, weren't they? Do you know what I mean? It was like that's yeah, because there was a few times where it's Benny going just let him go and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, he, 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 he'd have killed reason. twice as many yeah. people. Oh my he? god, all day long, <laughs> and it's like and but that relationship between two of them was so special. We see this. I loved it. We've seen it quite a lot in gangster films, you know what I mean? The characters grow apart and that, but it was, it was, it was really well done. But I think I've got to go for the scene. It's not because it's the favourite, but just because you'll never forget it. The, the, the scene where um, Little Z chases down the runts in the, in the alleyway because yeah. they've been stealing from the shop. This is me nuts in the stomach again. And, he, and not only that, he gets one of his new crews who's only kid himself. He mm. says, you have to shoot shoot one of them. He's got two kids. So he eventually shoots one. And then the little kid left. I think his nickname was like El, El Little Giant, something like that. Yeah. Which Well, they the, say, do you want to get shot in the hand, hand or the, the foot? foot and he goes to the foot and he holds his hand out, but he still shoots him in the foot. It's just... A horrible scene, and the, that kid's amazing, isn't and he? And the, the face of the kid who's crying—he's just stood there. His mate's just been shot. He's got a pick his foot on mm. his hand, and he holds his hand. The moment he holds his hands out, it breaks me. It's just—he's—I think he's naturally terrified. It's just the boy. I understand the acting coach said to him, "Have you ever had like a toothache?" And he was like, "Yeah." He said, "Imagine having a toothache in your foot." So after you get shot. That's what the feeling's yeah. like, and when he limps away. But I'm with you. That when they first turn up and they're saying, "Hold your hand out," and he is crying. Oh. That to me, either he is just unbelievable actor, or he's generally scared. And I still don't know which one it is. I, I'm I'm going down the route of he's a brilliant actor because yeah. he it's, he is in that documentary I, ten years later. And I think as well, um, I remember seeing the, the director Fernando Miraz. Apparently, was heavily influenced by Mike Lee, who. Right. Who does a lot. Gritty stuff. Gritty, but they don't really have a script. They workshop it, they work it, you know what I mean? They keep shaping it, go with moments, keep filming it, and and I think that's... But that scene with the the runs, it's just like... I don't think that leaves you, that scene. No, I totally agree. I I wrote that one down. I said that, that scene in particular... Um, I've got two. One is the scene with Shaggy being shot by the police. Yeah, I think that is so tense. So they turn up, don't they? They, they, they she decides she wants to leave, and she believes yeah. right. We're getting out. They, they jump in the car with the pull a gun on the guy. The car breaks down, doesn't it? And we know the police around the corner because they've just found that the guy just killed his wife and they, they, they were getting that body and looking for these kids aren't they because the, the motel yeah. murders and he has Shaggy has to get out and push the car <sighs> and you're thinking just go yeah you know you want to get out she wants to get out you're you're actually finally agreeing to leave as well and he has to get out and push the car and then someone says don't they to the police that's him there 
And as soon as they start chasing them, you just want them to get away. And but you know, don't you? You know, he ends up he gets shot and well, he's running alongside it's, the it's car. That running it's, through the houses. So did yeah. you notice as well? You just reminded me one of the things. So there's a real definition in tone and colour for the the two almost two separate parts of the film. So all a bit filmed in the sixties was very orange and warm with yeah. the open space. And that moment where Shaggy dies, the the colouring goes um it's like that 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 drenched bleach type as he dies, it fades out. And then from then on you don't get the warm orange colours in right, the when it when it comes to the, the rest of the scene, it's a lot more blue and cold and grey colours. And that's the moment it changes because you think he's getting away and he's running and he's running yeah. and he's running and when he dies it fades that's because apparently it's, it's a real thing for Brazilian cinema that that, that bleach drenched look now it's quite over I don't know how they make it, it just yeah. looks like a little bit the, the film and drenched. I suppose part of that is as the city builds up there's more shadows because there's yes. no probably if you go back and watch those scenes it is really bright that's not the scene though this, the scene I really like and I'm I'm cheating here because it's a bit of a long scene, but I think it personifies like Rocket. Really, it's when he decides he's gonna go into crime. Oh yes. So you get the little flash up, don't you? You know, I can't I can't remember the exact word, and but you know, he gets a gun, he gets on the bus, meets knockout nerds, and then gets chatting to him. Realizes, oh, he's a really nice guy. I'm not gonna yeah. rob him. Gets off his friend. Goes, there's a bakery there. We'll go rob the bakery. And you see him run over there, flashes, and he's getting the girl's number, and they're yeah, leaving yeah. going, she was too nice, I couldn't yeah. rob it. Then the car turns up, and it's the guy from Sao Paulo, and they go, no one from Sao Paulo was cool, so yeah. we'll go rob him. Yeah. And it cuts to them, laughing and joking, and the car getting out going, he was really cool, wasn't yeah. he? And you're like, Rocket will never turn to crime. You know, he had that, he had that chance to shoot yeah. Little Z, doesn't he, in the house when the yeah. gun's there, and he, he doesn't take it, knowing he's killed his brother. But that, that I know it's like a bit of a long scene, but those three attempts of him trying to do crime and he can't do it, I, I, that, that's my favourite part of the, the movie, really. It's almost it's the one of the film that's actually quite positive, if that makes Do you know what I mean? It's like his his story is the positive story, how he gets, he does get out of it. But God, it's it's a struggle. It's, it's we're saying it, oh my God, it's a knot, it's horrible. It's, it's just, you, you are engrossed when oh, you, you can't watch take this your film. Eyes off it's, it, can you? It's, Absolutely amazing, and the way we keep coming back to the, the actors, the, the weird actors, it's just goes to show if you've got an idea and a vision, and people buy into it, you can do great stuff. So we talk about characters, we talk about the scenes, but you really like the music. Oh my god, like the soundtrack. Get the soundtrack on Spotify. It's it's George Bond. So you've got got a couple of Western tunes that we will honour a bit of James Brown's one song by the JB's and Carl Douglas Kung Fu fighting and, and that sort of interweaving in there but it's this real funky soul vibe that it comes through it um, there's a real movement cultural cultural movement in, in Brazil from the, from the 60s onwards and they, they, they really mix up the the Brazilian feel of things with western music so there's big big psychedelic psychedelic funk music and you can feel it so there's a couple of songs I picked out is it I think it's Tim Mauer Maya uh, and this is where it gets weird <laughs> 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 Oh Comanino Dobe 
do 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 that one it's, it's in it that is just one of the funkiest tunes you'll ever hear and i picked out another one by wilson simonal in nemvenkunetem and it's just but do you know what just go and get spotify on go and get the soundtrack it is one of the best it's it's up there with Godfellas when it comes to a soundtrack. That's a big call, but that, I'll, I'll go along with it's that. It just is. because the songs are integral to the film as well, because, you know, there's always music in favelas. That's what people just say. It's, it's just, it's mm. never ending. There's always music. And it's the interwined, all the, all the Brazilian music because you could have there's a few western songs in there but, they, but I love the way they did they said no we're going to go with these these are tunes that we know yeah. these are Brazilian tunes we all know them and it's like you can't understand the word they're saying because they're all in Portuguese but god it doesn't matter because they are just absolutely awesome it's a, it's a cracking soundtrack so when it comes to the film itself what if anything could they have done to make it better the only thing I'm going to say is the definition of the time span is not that it gets a little bit hazy. There's there's the there's, there's the bit in the 60s which is clear with the three old ones and they're all kids, but then the rest spans from the 70s to the 80s. But there doesn't seem to be that clear definition, if that makes sense. It seems to get a bit hey. Do you get what I'm saying? I know what you mean, trying to follow it and the, with the jumps and then you've obviously got jumps back and stuff. Yeah, but no, because it's clearly when the bits in the 60s, when the kids like Rocket yeah. and, and Z... But from when they're adults, it's like kind of that, what's the that span. That adult bit spreads over like 10 years, but it's, it's, not quite, it's not quite clear, but it doesn't take anything away from the film. That, that's my thing. I always yeah. like, you know, because... It do you does. need the numbers? Do you need the... This is 1979. <laughs> this is, 1979. This is whatever. It, doesn't, it, doesn't, it just... <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe they could have gone one step further and brought in a different set of actors for like, you've got the kids around seven or eight, then you've got the 18, 19 year olds and then you've got the, the yeah. 25, 30 year olds. There's something they could... That would have then done something else too. But... Hmm. It's not a complaint. It's just something you you, you sort of go. It's not very clear that it, yeah it, the it, length of time it was over. Yeah, it just sort of once it yeah. hits the seventies into the eighties, it just sort of rolls into one a little bit and 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 stuff, and it's a bit like oh okay. So I've got I've got a few things. Okay, they're not bad things. One in particular is just a scene that annoys me, and they should have fixed it after they robbed the motel, the one down an alley. Um, and I think, it, I think it's Little Z and maybe Blackie, I can't remember now. But basically, they, they run along and they see a garage door open and they go, we'll take the car. Oh, yeah, no, this this is this is Shaggy. This is the sixth. Yeah, Shag- yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah, Shaggy and his... And actually Rocket's older brother. Oh, yeah, sorry, because yeah. Little Dice is a little kid now, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah, sorry, yeah. It's Rocket's older brother, isn't it? Um, they dive into a garage to take the car and the car immediately comes out. Yeah, yeah. And I think what it is, is obviously they're kids. So there's two stuntmen sat in the car. And obviously it's like action. They're meant to run down. They run in the garage and the stunt drivers drive the car out. But it's so quick. Yeah. That there's no way they go in the car. Hot wired. Yeah. Go out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I was watching I'm... it, I was like, it, I can almost still see his leg hanging out the car yeah. door and the car's gone. So that's really picky, you know. 
you could probably if they'd have just slowed it down, just give her, just give her a beat, just give, a yeah, beat, yeah, to, yeah. like for them to go in. So that was that was just something that it just took me out the movie for a second. Yeah, I was like, no, exactly. Well, that's, when you see, yeah. yeah, that's clearly not them. And the other two is Benny shouldn't have shot the policeman when she's leaving in the car with um, with Shaggy, and he's running along. She points the gun out the window. And she shoots one of the policemen. And I just think she was, aside from Rocket, she's the one good character yeah. in the film. She's convinced them to leave, you know, leave this life of crime behind you. Come with me. Let's just go. Let's just, yeah. let's just, let's just hold this guy yeah. hostage and take his car. And she, and I know it fits, I know it fits in with the story, yeah. you know, if you try to leave, the beast will find you and stuff. I hate the fact that she leaves killing, she's a police, you know, she's a murderer. And she was the good one, and it really yeah. like it comes back to those knots in the stomach, feeling sick. I think, oh, she's just lost Shaggy, and she's just killed the policeman. So she's she, she didn't. She, she's uh, done now, isn't she? Yeah, She'll she, never recover from yeah, that. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, and one more little again, little thing. Uh, at the very end of the post credits, we get the knockout Ned interviewed a real life yeah, knockout yeah. Ned, and I think what they didn't have the opportunity to do in this film, which Narcos does brilliantly is just intercutting with more real-life footage. You could have had news reports from the time. Yeah. So, because Narcos is brilliant for doing it's that. It's great. It's, it's the ending of uh, Pablo Escobar, where yeah. he's escaping on the roof, and they've intercut up the real... Yeah, they do it for the whole, the yeah, whole thing. Yeah. All the, like A lot of the news reports are the real people, and even though they have the real people on the telly, they'll then cut to the actor who's playing yeah. it. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't... You know, it still makes sense. And I just think they had an opportunity to have some real... I know... Some of the scenes of the people who were, who were dead apparently are. That is real life. But I just think you could have had a few news clippings in there. Yeah. Because Narcos, that's what I love about yeah. Narcos. Yeah. So that that's, that was for me. Um, what impact did it make then? Okay, so a little bit of reading done. Apparently gave Brazilian cinema a real shot on the arm. And it's apparently like the, the, the film community in Brazil, like... The, and I'm, I'm supposed to be talking about the, the little independent film community. They weren't, I think I read somewhere, they were only making five or six films on average a year. And then after this, it was like 34th a year. It gave a real burst of enthusiasm for film and cinema in Brazil, which is great because they're always telling stories. It's, it's just the most important thing we do as human beings or anything to do that. Just come back to budget box office. It was done for about $3.3 million, which is like, what they've achieved on that. Worldwide box office took about $30 million, but I think over the years it's probably surpassed that. Um, it's just fantastic. But I think what its biggest legacy will be is the blend of Western cinema with those Brazilian film techniques. That it is, it, It's Brazilian but it's familiar to us as a Western because it does use them techniques and storytelling tools that we're used to as a Western audience. It's that blend and as they, they did it and it's just like, it's important for Brazilian cinema but it's also important for world cinema because it, was, yeah. it made an impact in the world. Everyone who loves films, like, that is that is an absolute film. Um, and also, it made politically... In Brazil, it's very unstable. Like you know, they've gone from military dictatorships to quite right-wing dictator yeah. presidents, and 
at the time it came out, they were under um, quite a liberal left-wing president, Luna. I don't know if you, there's a whole backstory to this. So he was one of the most popular presidents ever. Got in. The West hates them because he's, he's basically a socialist. So we know straight away America didn't. <laughs> but he managed to make Brazil's economy one of the highest, biggest growing economies. And it shouldn't do because they were socialists. Yeah. They were doing on social advantage and it really rattled the world. But while he, this all came out on his watch and he was so, the government was so taken by what they saw in this film that they, they, it, it put a real spotlight on life in the favelas. And he said, you know what, we need to, we need to go in there. We need to open it up. We need to, see what we can do, try and make things a little bit better. So there is that legacy there because I think one of the things as as well and the message I get from the film, it's that end scene where the little runts are just walking back down the alleyway and all it's saying is the cycle just starts all over again. Because you see the little yeah. kid who was shot in the foot, he runs back and he's like, hey, you went over here and he goes running and joins them and you know who they then go and become. So it's just to try and break that cycle. It was it. It's had a real. It's had a real impact in, yeah. in politics and world cinema. And, and apparently, when the kids are walking away, naming those gangs, they are real yes. gangs. Yeah. yeah. And the kid. Uh, another little tidbit, but apparently, when the kids' shoe come off, that wasn't planned as well. They just got filming. Totally. Feel it, um, yeah. The 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 figure then comes back to um, Alexander Rodriguez should have took. The cut of the money, shouldn't he? Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> one of the stories he tells in the documentary is they go, they all, they, it got premiered at Cannes, so they all that cast got shipped off to Cannes. They got treated like royalty, basically, paparazzi everywhere, big fancy hotels. But then when it was over, they all just went home. Yeah. So the guy, the, so Walker, the um, Alexander Rodriguez, tells a story where. So he's just been in Cannes. He's been wearing a tuxedo. He's like, they've seen all these Ferraris and stuff. He goes home. And he's in a bunk bed with, there's him, his sister's underneath and his mum is on the floor. Or, is it, sorry, or his mum's underneath and his sister's on the floor. And the roof just starts leaking, leaking and hitting him in the face. And he said he just bursts out crying because he just can't believe he's gone from that it's, one extreme yeah. to, to another Which as is, well. That is, anyone who knows the, the, the political aspects of Brazilian culture, Brazilian is, is the massive extreme of really well off rich and so poor whereas a lot of western countries the middle classes tend to make up the most nowadays I mean, but in Brazil and a lot of South America it's that two extremes and yeah. that's probably a great example of like yeah the, the, the guy um, Jonathan Hagerson I think it's pronounced who played Shaggy's in, in the document well they're all in the documentary but he talks about like you know, he's in the documentary for money and he's saying, like, he feels selfish because he's doing it for selfish reasons and they should be helping people and stuff like that. But he, he tells a story, just with you coming back to what Brazil was like, he tells a story about him and a friend did rob. They robbed an old woman, took 10,000, again, I've forgotten the currency mm. again, um, t- took money off her, basically. She phoned the police. police. Police dragged them in. They had the money on them. They bring the woman in. And they tell the woman that they didn't they didn't have the money on them. The police took the money. So yeah. they brought the woman in to, to identify them and told the woman that they would Yeah. They, they haven't yeah. got the money on them. Yeah. 
just like you say, it's that they, one extreme, isn't it? From and the we really haven't even touched to... about the corruption because that, that's a big element yeah. of the film as well. Yeah, so and it's in... just just on the impact, it was Empire's movie of the year, two thousand three. That's that's a big call. That's yeah, that's 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 big. That's big stuff. Yeah, I've, I've got a feeling that's probably why I went because I would have yeah. I would have seen like Are the you, five star you, review. And, yeah, I think I I remember the just a buzz around it. Anyone who loves films, this film. Was was here and it's like whoa, go like because I had you even ever seen a Brazilian film before this? No, no, but probably no. not since. To be no, honest, I no, won't lie. No, um, no. It was the only film that was nominated for best director, but not film that year. Um, but it was up against Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Return of the King, which won eleven of the eleven nominations. So at least it's not like like the when uh, Titanic, Titanic won everything. For Don't <laughs> you're gonna get me upset. <laughs> at least you know. <clears throat> but any really... any other year, yeah, it, you know, it'd have had a I, really high chance. I, but I don't think I it, would have be a chance. In in recent light of the way the Academy's gone last year, if this film popped up in the last couple of years, I think this would have won everything. I think in any other, this, I think mm. if you pop, plopped it into certain other years, it would have won. Yeah. I just think that year, Return of the King was going to win everything, yeah. no matter what it was up yeah. against, because it was the third of the trilogy, and I just think no one had a yeah. chance, yeah. really. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, I'm sure they were amazed. I think they did win loads of other awards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel for them a little bit, because you had no chance it's, that it's, year. It's a, we've mentioned it before about a few other films, but it stays with you. I think yeah, that the legacy in its own. I mean, we're talking about it now, aren't we? Like 20 yeah. years later. And it's a Brazilian film. So made. how can our listener watch it? Bit of a funny one. I only managed to get it on Apple TV to rent. I went on, not on not on Netflix. It's not even available on Amazon to rent or buy. No, and it's weird how the documentaries on Netflix, yeah, but they don't have yeah. the film. And so I, I had to go and buy it on Apple TV. Yeah, me too. Um... We've got our mystery question Ooh. now. Liam has no idea. There's, we've got our box of questions that I've written. Liam's done questions for me, so obviously it's your okay. pick. I'll, am I reading it? Yeah. Go on. Yeah, go on, you read okay. it. Okay. So th- this, this could relate to anything. So <laughs> put in a popular UK chart song on this soundtrack. Oh... What, like in a chart from now? Anytime. Just a song that's been it's in the UK been... charts. A popular UK chart song. Put it in to this soundtrack. Ooh, well, we, it's got a sort of fit. It's I'm going to go a straight away. And just because just it's been in my head for days, Amy Winehouse, Back to Black. That's a really good I shot, just that. think that would just... You could put that anywhere in this film. I do, and it's weird, literally, Dave, I've had that song in my head for days now, and I don't know where it's come from. I just like, so. Like you were waiting for it? it was, yeah, it's weird. No, yeah, it's weird. It's like, I just, yeah, straight away, I was like, I just think the vibe, the good feeling, choice. the lyrics, the feel, it would fit in this film. Because uh, I'm thinking of the Pablo UH chart, I was thinking, don't look back in anger. Oasis sort of fits in with sort of fits in with yeah. the theme of you know and if if um, Benice hadn't shot that policeman she could have she could yeah. have got she could have got away. I know Shaggy obviously got killed but she could have got away yeah. bit of, bit of Oasis. good choice that though they, and you've been thinking all they, week they are massive in, in Brazil Oasis as well oh yeah when I know Neil Gallagher still tours out it, it massive 
massive nice. over there. And, and Argentina as well, massive over there. So yeah, that's a game is probably not not the biggest, not a bad shout. Um, if we like this film then, which mm-hmm. we do, oh, but if yes. the listener likes it as well, what else would they like? Um, I've gone... I've gone with two themes. Okay. I've gone with the gangster theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we might cross over. I've gone with the time span theme. So me gangster theme, Goodfellas. Yes. Yeah, okay. All the Guy Ritchie movies. Yeah, got that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lock, Stock, Snatch, The Gentleman. They <laughs> they have that non-linear approach as and, well. And the little the, the little film flourishes, you know, with the freeze, you know, when the character walks in, you freeze frame and then zoom in on them and go, yeah. this, you know, the bit where you, when you first meet Knockout Ned, it freezes. Which they zoom. must have took from... Guy Ritchie because Lockstock was nineties, wasn't it? Yeah, and this was yeah. so they they. But not, again, the, the techniques have been around. Yeah. But the, the the vibe to it definitely. definitely yeah, yeah. Uh, Donny Brasco. Oh yeah, yeah. Donny Brasco's great film uh, with Johnny Depp, Al Pacino, Scarface again, Al Pacino. That's very similar films, aren't yeah. they? Very similar yeah. themes. Uh, have you seen White Boy Rick? Yes, Matthew I have. McConaughey. Yeah. Yes. Um, really like that. A couple of. One's not gangster, but train spotting. I've got that on my list You're as well. Yeah, yeah. Slumdog Millionaire. No. Slumdog Millionaire is almost the same similar story, isn't it? You yeah. know that kid growing up and yes. the, the different stories. Um, I've gone with a couple of films that just they just span over time, so they're not directly related to City of God. But Forrest Gump is, yeah, you know, one of those Big Fish, the Tim Burton movie. Oh, I haven't seen that. I've seen that with you, McGregor. You should watch that. Okay. Uh, Highlander. Because again, just that, just that sure, film that spans decades, yeah, and yeah, you know, yeah. I know it's not like Brazilian crime, but it's, <laughs> that's 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 me link. That it's like it's you know that starts off in like is it the eighteen hundreds or something, isn't it? Yeah, that's taking that's taking time spanning yeah. in literally centuries. <laughs> centuries yeah. like, <laughs> uh, and then for me, one of my favorite films, When Harry Met Sally, um, which you know spans a lot of time, directed by one of our favorites, Rob Reiner. He was in um, season five, episode three of Thirty Rock. Yes. So you know you should watch Thirty Rock as well. <laughs> I was wondering where the Thirty Rock was going to come into it, but, but we got there in the anything end. Anything that's Rob Reiner related, we're up for that. Okay, um, couple of lists. I've got the, the the gangster vibe. I've got I got Goodfellas. I'm going to put Bronx Tale in there as well, a Robert De Niro oh, director, which we mentioned in box set. Because the guy, the main kid in DiCaprio that, as well. Um, yes, is remember when we did a Crimson Tide, the radio operator, the kid from Bronx Town. He is, yeah, yeah, that's right. And we were saying he had he had quite a troubled past, yeah. life outside the film and all. So I think I love the gangster films where it where it goes in and out of real life as well. Um, I've got to add Pulp Fiction in there as well. I don't think. I think the the, the technique, yeah. the vibe, the feel of it. Is, the knot in your stomach watching yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. Um, for a foreign film to give you a snapshot of a different way of life, there's a French film called La Haine, which translates to hate. And it's set in in um, suburbs in the outskirts of Paris, where in that's where, basically in, in Paris, where all the poor people go. It's like a housing estate on the suburb called Lahaina. It follows three, three young lads, um, a, a black kid, a Jewish kid, and an Arab kid, and it follows. It's just a day in the life where basically there's a riot on their estate and they manage to come away with a police gun and it's just a, they follow them round. Uh, that, 
that is very similar right. feel if you want to go and check that out it's it's a fantastic film it has the, I can't remember his name and I forgot to write it down before I came in is the French guy he's in have you ever seen Black Swan with Natalie Portman I have you know the guy who's the the ballet instructor who's really harsh on them it's him that was his breakthrough film. Vincent Cassell. Vincent Cassell. And he's, he's done a few uh, French gangster films. Go and check them all out. But this was this made him. If you get a chance, go and see it. I think it's about 1995. It's it's something else. Um, the Wire. That's a great show. I've got actually, to have The Wire. I said to you before, I wanted to add one and forgot it. Literally, just, it's, not, it's just come. That perspective yeah. of crime f- is so important to understand why people get in them situations like you, you know little omar and michael in in the way how they end up becoming who they are mm. and how rocket nearly becomes yes. one of them doesn't it yeah. so easy so i think that's um and you've already mentioned it narco narcos i just think yeah. if, if you like if you like narcos and there's a good chance you've got into that by netflix go back and watch this you will not be disappointed. And my last one is a little bit of a left field one. Around the same period, a American air guitarist, songwriter, Ry Kuda, got into um, Cuban music and he goes over to Cuba. This is all a documentary, by the way. And basically there used to be this band called the Buena Vista Social Club and they were basically the back and band for everything from the 50s, 60s. So, but as they all got older, they were all in the 60s and 70s, they disbanded. And his, his mission was to go back to Cuba, get all these old guys together and make an album with them. And it's just one is of these... Searching for Sugar Man? No, no, it's oh, called... Is that a different one? It, this is called Buena Vista Social Club. Oh, okay. So it's one of the most inspiring, beautiful films, especially one bit where the main... In the band, they've all gone and done things because Cuba's quite poor as well. The main piano player had not played in like 10 years because he'd convinced himself he had arthritis and he couldn't play. And he'd stopped playing. And it was only when the band got back together, he came in the studio, he was like, I can't play, I can't play. And then within minutes, he's like, he's he's just back in. And then they all go on a world tour. and And it's just, if you love the music and the vibe from City of God, go and check out one of us, The Social Club. It's a fantastic film. Okay, so that was this week's episode. It was Liam's Choice, City of God, and you should watch it if you can. Follow us on Instagram at watch underscore it underscore podcast or on Twitter at watch underscore it underscore pod. Join us for all our previous episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Podbean and Amazon Music.